I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, it is the Luke and Pete Show Thursday edition. It's new. It's covered in shrink wrap. Let's just get pulling at it. You get your scissors out if you need to. My name is Pete Donaldson. I'm Luke Moore. Is this a live unboxing on Luke and Pete Show for the first ever time? Is. Yeah, yeah. It's a live unboxing. We're going to review the box. We're going to review uh, what extras come with it. Headphones, uh, plug, adapters, USB power chargers. It's all in the box. It's all in the box. Mitsubishi's, Panasonic's. They're all just they're all just headphones. They're all just headphones. E, I bought some headphones. Pete, it's starting <laughs> to cloud over in my uh, home studio. And I say home studio, it's a blanket fort, basically. Um, but right, I'm looking okay. out the window and the clouds are darkening. And I wonder what that means for us sat in lockdown, chiefly because last week, well, last week the weather was so good that I think it was kind of a surreal situation. But I think if it starts pissing it down every day, People will be like, oh, well, I wasn't going to go out anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it was nice and sunny in Soho, and, and it rained for a little while, so maybe you're in for a bit of rain. Has it not rained yet uh, today? No. Uh, yeah, we had a little bit the very, very first thing this morning, but um, right. I think it's um, it's probably going to come back. Do you know what, actually? Over the weekend, just gone, and we had a couple of snow flurries, weirdly. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. It just got really cold around Sunday, kind of Monday, and um, on the Sunday afternoon, there were a couple of snow flurries, would you believe, Mm. I was surprised. I always, to I always like to chuck a little bit of a weather chat in for our international listeners who expect two British people to talk about weather. Yeah, well, speaking of international uh, listeners, I, I was uh, watching um, Venfret Kofu, one of the uh, J League Two uh, teams that I like. Um, it's the only match I've actually seen in Japan, so I sort of adopted them as my team. Um, they got rid of big faced Peter Yutaka, John Yutaka's brother, oh, shame. Uh, and they've replaced him. Yeah. Um, and even though there's a, a lockdown and there's no football that taking place, uh, they've replaced him with sexy Mike Havanagh, which uh, if you're oh, familiar wow. with that footballer, he's he's. He's not quite as good looking as he used to be. I think he needs to grow his beard back a bit more. But he's a, um, is I think his mum and dad are Dutch, and he uh, and they moved. I think maybe they were in some kind of 
I think he was Marine or something. I can't remember either way. But uh, he is a uh, naturalized, well, he's, he's a Japanese citizen uh, and he speaks Japanese, but he looks like uh, a Dutch guy. And he is so handsome and he excites me terribly uh, in the bowels of my winky. And he is signed <laughs> for my favorite J uh, uh, League 2 t- 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 team. But they are playing at the moment. They're doing training, so there's no social distancing there. Uh, but they're simply training in what can only be described as a, a snow flurry. And they are down near Tokyo, like sort right. of west of Tokyo. So He's even more more handsome than uh, Gerard Butler. <laughs> Is anyone as handsome as uh, Gerard Butler? Who knows? Yeah, apparently, he, he used to be. I think he used to be. I want to say an advertising executive, or maybe he sold houses or something. Or he, he was. He basically in Edinburgh. He was um, a. He just had like a, a desk job, uh, but through force of will and wanting not only to be an actor, uh, but more importantly, wanting to be famous. Uh, reading up on Gerard Butler after I watched uh, the film that we watched on the Football Ramble on uh, Monday, Playing for Keeps. Um, it just seems like Gerard Butler just wanted to be famous for the sake of being famous more than uh, becoming an actor. So uh, he, he's managed it to his to his. He to is his very, very handsome credit, though, isn't so, he? But he is very, very handsome and uh, he can act and, you know, he can do everything. So well it, You say he can act. I mean, I, I'm yet to see solid evidence of that. He can act. He can um, act. Pete, you, listen, you're doing yourself a disservice. Some of the videos we made on the internet back in the day, you were a very good actor in those. I think you could definitely oh, do a, um, you could definitely do, do as, as well as Gerard Butler. But sadly, Mother Nature has not bestowed upon you the same gifts. <laughs> Is that fair? Nor me. I think I think that's fair, yeah. Did you ever see, because he was in 300, wasn't he? Incredible physique. Yes. Uh, um, with, oh, I don't think it was Clive Owen, was it? Anyway, there's an ensemble cast of, of muscularly yellow men. It was uh, Clive Anderson. <laughs> uh, an ensemble cast of very, very muscular men uh, having a scrap and stuff. Um, but there was a parody. 300 was so cl- so popular in America that there was a parody. Um, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was like, I think it was made by the same people who did Scary Movie. And do you know who played the Gerard Butler character in the parody? Go on. It was Sean Maguire from... Uh, from British television, EastEnders. Was he in EastEnders? Sean Maguire. Yeah, he was. That's weird. I didn't expect you to say that. Yeah, he moved, moved, moved out to LA uh, and uh, got got a good couple of roles in him. I didn't know that. Good on him. Yeah, he's in he's in Great Nick himself as well. Old Shawnee. Good on go. him. Pete, on Monday, we said that we would talk about two things. We'd talk about a museum social media account that you wanted to t- uh, touch on. And we also said we'd talk about Tiger King as well. So do you want to do your museum thing first? There's a cowboy museum. You sent me this, uh, and I'm fascinated by it. Uh, There is a cowboy museum, National Cowboy Museum, uh, in Oklahoma. Tim Send is the head of security. Uh, And because uh, the... um, I don't know whether it's due to the lockdown or just the fact that they've just decided to give him the job, um, they've put the head of security, Tim Send, in charge of the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, in charge of the Twitter account. And his tweets are incredibly, incredibly wholesome. Hello, my name is Tim. And he, look, he's got like a handlebar Hulk Hogan moustache. Uh, he's got a beautiful kind of wicker um, Stetson uh, and a one of those um, cowboy kind of ties you get with like a, like a, a steer on the on the on the um on the uh on the collar isn't it just called a it's either a kentucky necktie or right. a texas necktie or something like that like a string a string tie basically 
a string tie. Yeah, whenever you see like one of those, you sort of it pulls into sharp focus how ridiculous a normal tie is. You sort of go, "That <laughs> yeah. looks stupid." Why doesn't? It, why do we do it with a normal tie? <laughs> uh, but he says. Uh, so this was one of his first tweets. Hello, my name is Tim, and I am the head of security for the Cowboy. I have been asked to take on the additional duty of social media management while the museum is closed. I'm new to this, but excited. My team will continue to protect and monitor the museum. Thanks, Tim Send. Because his name is Tim Send, I keep then thinking he's writing send <laughs> yeah as if he's instructing the computer to send send the name that's how it has to happen <laughs> and uh he's sort of so he's sort of wandering around the museum and it's so pure it's so pure and so life-affirming that i'm worried it might be a bit of a work uh, to use a wrestling parlance yeah pete and the thing is sometimes uh, if you don't mind me just cutting in very briefly sometimes when i say i like something or i support something or i think this thing's yeah. good you will instantly say oh yeah don't enjoy it too much because that person there that you're enjoying is almost certainly going to have very problematic political views or going to do something <laughs> terrible at some point i'm getting huge vibes of that from this right do you reckon okay so tim send might be a, a, a... <laughs> How problematic is. Well, I just think it's not him writing them, or they've created a character. I, I, I just don't know. The bit where he starts to tweeting about Toy Story and Woody and stuff is, is just so wholesome. Yeah, it just gets a, it just gets a bit much, and I'm just, I want it to be true. These are one of those ones that I want to be true because, like, is it fair to say sometimes your bullshit meter isn't quite as as honed as as the old veteran. Uh, yeah. you've seen more tours of the internet than me for sure <laughs> um so he's tweeted a picture of uh, a hat from the uh, movie true grit uh part of the uh, exhibition about um true grit and uh, there's lots of interesting props and clothes i'm told i can't try it on hashtag john wayne lucas my grandson told me to use hashtags thanks tim it's stuff like that that makes me go eh, yeah he's know. actually writing yeah. out the word hashtag as well crucially isn't he Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's sort of saying, uh, he, he's sort of saying, uh, here are Woody and his friends from Toy Story. There's a, there's a picture of, uh, a, there's a little model of uh, Woody from Toy Story. They're uh, they're part of your find your Western exhibition exploring the West's role in popular culture. Watch this movie with the grandkids. Try to catch them moving, Lucas and Kira. Uh, thanks, Tim. It's just so beautifully uh, wholesome. Uh, he's well worth a follow. Uh, the at NCWHM, that's at NCWHM. Uh, you know, check him out now before he's exposed as a right-wing lunatic. lunatic. Um, so. <laughs> In fact, by the time this comes out, <laughs> you may already be too late. Because we can't oh, have cute. nice things. Let's talk about, uh, thanks for that, Pete, that was wicked. Let's talk about um, Tiger King. How far through are okay, you? Because yeah. I've finished it. Oh, you finished it. I think I'm about four eps in. So it's really hard to talk about because you don't want to do any spoilers, but um, suffice to say, um, the amount It's the Netflix of, series um, of, of choice, so for everyone. It's trending number one in the UK, so lots of people will have been seen it or will at least be aware of it. How would you describe it, Pete? What would your synopsis of it be so far? Um, I think your description of uh, men who've seen meth uh, on tigers, <laughs> men and yeah. women who've seen meth in their lives. They're just a, a, a story of, um, at, at the moment, it's a story of uh, a man who owns a, uh, a home zoo. Well, not a home zoo, like it's just a zoo that he's made himself uh, with tigers. Uh, he wants to be a celebrity and a singer uh, above everything else. Um, and he's using tigers and stuff to, to, to uh, get um, 
get his way. Uh, there is a woman who sort of designed herself as a kind of like a righteous um, anti, uh, um, an anti-zoo kind of uh, crusader who weirdly also owns um, just as many tigers in her own uh, small way. It kind of pulls it a sharp focus how many um, tigers and lions and big cats and endangered species are in private ownership in, in the US. I, I've seen on, on more than one occasion as you drive through uh, the US, um, there'll just be um, a truck stop or like a, a garage that sells uh, oil, uh, sells gas, uh, and there'll just be like a guy who's got like a little uh, a little tiger uh, cub. Um, so you come, so you go to that one to take a picture with the tiger or have a look at the tiger or the lion, uh, and then you you get your gas and go on your way. So it's just a basically a way of bringing people into your you know your um your, your your store or your shop or your gas station. So there's loads of those around America, uh, but these these characters are just so fascinating, aren't they, Luke? Yeah, I think two of my favourite TV shows of all time are um tiger king and uh breaking bad one is about <laughs> a series of horrendous decisions related to the drug methamphetamine and the other is breaking bad yeah that's how i'd put it <laughs> but no, the thing the thing about it is it i don't think meth is mentioned enough in the documentary because it's clearly front and center in everything that's happening um, and it's you know joking aside i mean it is a very very sad epidemic that that kind of um, haunts lots of areas in the united states particularly poor areas so that's that's sad but in terms of a doc- documentary series it's absolutely compelling there's a bit in it where um, and you would have already seen it if you're four episodes in. It's not a major plot mm. point. But there's a bit where they talk about the amount of animals like that in captivity. And um, I believe it's something like uh, probably up to 10,000 tigers. If you just focus on tigers specifically, of course, Joe Exotic and his pals, they've got loads of different – well, they did have loads of different <laughs> uh, animals. But if you focus on tigers specifically, I think there's up to 10,000 in private ownership in the US, and there are only about 4,000 tigers left in the world. So that gives you – in the wild, yeah. sorry. So that gives you an idea of the scale. But um, there's a bit in it where um, a guy – it's a news report, a bit of archive news report footage where a guy either gets pissed off or fed up or he's drunk or high or whatever, and he just decides to let all his animals go, right? And he right. lets about 40 wild, big wild cats out of his house, of his of his compound, okay. and they just maraud around. And when I was looking at it, it was in the south somewhere. I think it might have been in Alabama somewhere. I was thinking... I'm pretty sure I've driven down that main road that the news footage is from. And thinking, that is, imagine if that had happened while I was driving down there, just seeing, and then there was black panthers, there was tigers, there were lions. It's, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, and, and the thing to add is, of course, you, you get desensitized to just how horrific the, the conditions are that those animals are living in, which is absolutely unacceptable. Not one of those places that are covered in that series have any interest or any track record of releasing those animals into the wild or trying to get involved in any kind of program to get them rewilded and all that rehomed it's a, it's a truly remarkable watch for a lot of reasons and not all of them good i would say no yeah it's it's, it's that kind of uh, mentality that um you know sometimes see pictures of uh if you're like if um like people talk about on uh tinder men who like have pictures with like lions and, and, and oh yeah they're all sedated and stuff, and stuff aren't they it's so fucking weird the more positive note before i forget one thing it really did hit home to me was um 
you know, I've often said this on this show and elsewhere that in the US they understand everything, and I mean everything, for good or bad. And we've seen it this week or last week with Trump and all the stuff that's going on with coronavirus and and how 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 really corrosive it can be. But for better or worse, I feel like in the US they understand that everything is an extension of the entertainment industry, and. The charisma yeah. on display from these guys and these, these these men and women who own these places and who re, re, sort of almost rely on in, tourist income, people coming to their parks, their online presence. The charisma present is off the charts. They're all so good on camera. It's it's mm. incredible when you take take a moment to stop and notice it. I, I don't think there's a single American um, that I've ever spoken to who couldn't be a, a TV presenter. I just, I just can't. <laughs> I just don't think I've, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever met one before. I, I, I can I just put put a camera on them. They'll they'll do a fine job. They'll do a fine job. They are excellent talkers, supremely uh, confident and and comfortable in their own skin. And I find that very alluring. What also that series does pretty well is it um, it twists and turns it. When you just think you've got it nailed down, you know what's happening. It changes. And and and, yeah. there, and there is also an element to this where, and I'm going to be honest here where you, you see one of the guys, I forget which one it is, and he's doing all the stuff he's doing. It's bad. I mean, let's be honest, it's fucking bad. If you're, if you're breeding tiger cubs for commercial purposes and treating them in that way, it is horrific. And we all get that, and we all understand it. And on a human level, you can, you can relate to that and be appalled by it. On the other hand, in one of the scenes, he's driving down the street with a little monkey on his shoulder feeding him pizza. And that is a flex. There's no, there's no question about it. That is a flex. Look, if it wasn't completely unpalatable, that's what I'd be doing. That's what I'd be, <laughs> you I would mean, be a hundred percent doing it. Oh, massively! I'd have to learn to drive um, first, but you know, um, I tell you, it'd be a good time to learn to drive now, wouldn't it? Good lord, no cars yeah. on the on the, on the uh, road. Wow. I don't think you can um, though. You have to teach yourself, sadly. Yeah. Well, who's going to stop? Who's going to bloody stop me? That's what I say. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> like the police. <laughs> the police will stop me. Go. Sorry, sir. Uh, where are you going? Um, do you, do you, have you got any reason to be out on the roads? Well, I mean, I learned. To, I'm trying to learn to drive, mate. Yeah, <laughs> and you're stopping me. The quicker you get this, quicker you get out of my way. The quicker I'll be done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I've got this figured out. Um, yeah, just. Yeah, I mean, I would like to criticise you massively there because you absolutely dropped a spoiler I've not got to yet. So, uh, oh, what's that? Disgraceful about what, the monkey uh, tigers out. Let the tigers out and the pizza monkey as well. Disgraceful. No, that's not. No, that's not a spoiler. No, no, no. That you've already seen that. That's nothing to do with the narrative. They talk about. They do a general scene setter right at the start where they say the amount of tigers in captivity are this amount. Check out this news footage, and it's a right. person that doesn't feature in the series. You don't. You don't meet him or anything. They've just said, "Oh, the police have been called to this thing because all these animals have been let out." Here's an example. Oh, maybe, that's maybe it. Maybe I've. Uh, maybe, maybe I was hopped up on. Uh, on uh, too much uh, meth, mate. To lay off the pipe. And start following the story. <laughs> All right, should we have a little yeah, break yeah. and then do some emails? All right, then. It's kind of what we do every week. I mean, could mix it up a bit. Like, just nah. start. Could we just scream for the like last 15 minutes of the show? All right, you do it. All right. I've been told I'm not allowed to scream for the rest of the show. We are back on the Luke and Pete Short Kick. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, it's always the same email address. It's not changed in two years. Hello at LukeandPeteShaw.com. Treat yourself. Oh, very nice. This is this email is excellent. It's from a chap called James. And what I like about this is well, there's two things. One is it's along the lines of trying to impress a girl. And we asked for that kind of content cool. last week, didn't we? What's the most embarrassing thing you've done to impress a girl or guy? I said that I am um, 
drank a load of undiluted orange squash. It's common or garden. It's fairly boring. It's tame. James has stepped up. And what I like about this particularly is, listen to the story carefully. He does not learn his lesson. Uh, hello at Luke and Pete. I have two stories on how I tried to impress a girl and ended up in a mischief. First off, when I was in year seven, uh, for those international listeners, that is age about 11 or 12, there was a girl I fancied called Jody. A few of my friends went out with a few of her friends, and we all arranged to go to Minworth Swimming Baths in Birmingham, not far from our school, which had three diving boards, a one metre, a three metre, and a five metre. For some reason, in my experience, all the girls at my school called Jodie were pretty. Can you back that up, Pete? Um, I can't necessarily remember Jodie. I'll have to um, get on Facebook. For me, I think it was a <laughs> Jody. Her- mm. horrific comment. Um, for me, Why is that a horrific comment? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, be... I don't remember any Jodies from my school. I remember all some right. Jodies. Fair enough. Listen, in, in James's story, Jodie, who may or may not be a Jodie, um, had broken her wrist. And so she wasn't able to go in the water. So she sat in the gallery section, just watching us on the diving boards. Sounds to me like James had an audience. Mm. He said, me being Billy Big Balls, after a few decent jumps and dives, I decided to try a flip off the five meter platform, which resulted in me belly flopping, getting winded (laughs) and having the lifeguard jump in to help me out. (laughs) Embarrassing. The second time, Listen to this, right? This is the second right. part of his story, completely separate occasion. Mm. The second time, me and my family had moved to Spain, and so we went cliff jumping. I went oh, with my I... best mate and a new English girl who had just moved over to Spain, and I was keen to show her where the best place to cliff jump was, right? But on, <laughs> but this time, on the way to where we were going to jump off, I spotted an abandoned pedalo, which looked as though it had been there for a while on the rock. So I went to get a closer look. I lost my footing on some loose stones, slid down the hill and off the cliffside in just a pair of shorts and flip-flops, landing about 10 feet below in the shallow, rocky water. I was bleeding oh. from several great gazes, grazes sorry, and had a massive gash in my leg. I also fractured my ankle. My mate and the new girl had to take my weight on the walk back to the house, and they ended up going out with each other. Ah, yes! Keep up Come the good on, you've got to be happy with that. You've you brought someone together with your gashes. From his tone, I don't think he is happy with that. <laughs> it still hurts. Still hurts. That could have been worse, couldn't it? Yes, he could have literally died. Uh, and we wouldn't have had any show content, so if yeah. nothing else, that's it was worth it. Um, well, well done, James. Yeah, I thought he was going to land in the pedal. <laughs> that would have been nice. That would have been cool. And then pedalled off into the sunset. See you later, losers. Did I did I dream this? Or was there a plot to a film a few years ago where a load of people were out on a boat in the sea, in the open sea, and um, they went swimming off it. And then they realised that the um, the ramp thing wasn't down. They couldn't get back on the boat. Was that a film? Um, I, I, I don't know how that would work, to be honest. Yeah, no. no not I think oh, it was. Just, oh, right, okay, right. <laughs> Sounds like a boring start to a film. Yeah, you're the one with the film club, mate. You should know. <laughs> Lovely old job. Uh, George Coxon has come up uh, with a email. Homework. Hi, guys. First off, I uh, just want to say I absolutely love the show. I've been listening since the heady days of Luke and uh, Pete Summer, and I always listen to it as soon as it's out. 
Um, on the most recent episode, you set some homework, the most ridiculous, regrettable thing you've done to try and impress a girl. Uh, when I was at school, there was this girl in my year who fancied, I'd fancied since year seven. Uh, she was a very pretty girl, and we spoke a fair bit across the years and had the same friendship circles. When it came to sixth form, this is the long game, isn't it? Um, and more importantly, house parties. We were both invited to a small party gathering by one of our friends whose parents were away for the weekend. In the hours leading up to the event, me and this girl were texting, and I thought if this was, uh, I thought it was going really well. She asked me if I was going, and uh, then when I said she was, uh, I was. She she replied, "Oh, great! You'll be able to look after me then." Winky face. Oh. Uh, this was in my mind obviously a great sign, and I had high hopes when I turned up later that evening. <clears throat> if anyone is listening and they're like eighteen. Um, it, just know that it never goes well. <laughs> yeah. Anything you're excited about, any fantasies you might have as to how well something's going to go, it's never going to be quite as good or indeed anywhere near what you think it's going to be like. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that can probably be summed up by the cumulative um, almost 80 years of both of our lives. <laughs> um uh, yeah, obviously a great sign. Uh, the party went on for a few hours with about 10 of us there drinking and having fun. Uh, and then we ended up playing surely the legendary uh, Have You Ever Drinking Game. Now, at this point, I'd been doing well and playing it cool with the girl in question. I hadn't come on too strongly or completely ignored her. I'd got the balance pretty perfect. <laughs> he'll like be the judge of that. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'll be the judge of that. Um, yeah. I, like your thing. I think you'll find it was pretty perfect, actually. Uh, but that wasn't going to last long. The game had been going for a few rounds and Mert uh, was getting more daring being a bit of a boring bastard i hadn't had a drink for a few turns including such gems as i have never had sex in a car uh, and i have never i have never smoked a cigarette and i was starting to feel a little bit self-conscious was she losing interest because i wasn't the mysterious or interesting character the next person to go was clearly a bit lost for something to say as a lot of the common ones had already gone obviously giving up a little they said i have never taken heroin uh, and in that mind and in my mind that was an open goal uh, what a uh, Bet- what? What a better way to portray myself as an interesting as deep person than to say I was into hardcore class A drugs, oh leaving God. out that I had never smoked a cigarette. So I took a drink. <laughs> so, there- so I took a drink, <laughs> and there was a sudden gasp from a couple of people and an immediate awkward silence from everyone else. Realizing straight away that I'd fucked up, I said a little too loudly and desperately, only once, but the oh damage God. was done. The girl gave me a very weirded outlook, and everyone else nervously carried on the game. I wanted the ground to swallow me up, and I went home later that evening feeling accurately like an absolute bell end. Um, so I, I opened the zoo in few... Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, what, the way that was written, I thought they said, "Yeah, the next person to go was clearly a bit lost." So, so the way he's written in that is makes it sound like he hadn't said that he'd taken heroin, but in the story, uh, George in Cambridgeshire. Uh, lied and said that he had taken heroin. Um, yeah. I spoke to her a few times after that, uh, before the end of sixth form, but that was never really the same. Strangely, it turns out that pretending to be a heroin user doesn't lead to getting off with pretty girls. Yeah. Keep up the cracking show, uh, George in Cambridgeshire. Yeah, yeah. don't say that. You've got I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely stunning to me that George, who, lest we forget, up until that point, had been playing it pretty perfect, could then get it so yep. wrong. Yeah, he he thought that was a home run. He thought that yeah. was like stealing stealing fourth base, didn't he? Yeah, it's. I mean, he's he's not he's not pulled that off with the uh, the requisite panache, has he? Yeah, I can't, I can't, I haven't killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't burn her. 
Um, what about this from um, Joseph T? I like this one. Uh, he says, afternoon chaps, hope you are all safe and well. My tragic tale happened at the age of 14 after being introduced to a girl from another school on MSN webcam. Cool. Now, the, the absolute queens of MSN Messenger, Microsoft Messenger, whatever it's called, webcam chat, are um, yeah. the two girls, the two Lauras on Revisiting, which is another Stakhanov show, which you should definitely check out. Those of you who listened to Laura on Luke and Pete's show the other week when Pete was away, that's her show over there uh, on Stakhanov called Revisiting. They are the queens of MSN chat. Anyway, but this is a little uh, foray into that for us. So um, Joseph goes on to say, uh, my best mate had introduced me while I wasn't wearing my wire rim glasses. I was blind as a bat and wouldn't start wearing contacts until I was 18. So, after wooing said girl on MSN for a good length of time, we decided to meet. We were going to meet at the South End Odeon at 12 o'clock, but I had a dilemma. How could I turn up as a geeky, bespectacled lad when she didn't know I wore glasses thanks to our webcam meeting? I'd only ever sent her pics without my goggles. I went on three oh, dates right. with this girl. I mean, Pete, I mean, you were a man who wears glasses. Is this a dilemma you've you've kind of encountered, or not really? I never really had a massive problem with my specs. I um, I remember when I first got them, um, I used to loudly proclaim, I used to have them in. You know, when you say when you're um in primary school, you used to have like like little drawers, and you had each individual yeah. drawers, and had your bits and bobs in it, pencil cases and stuff. Mm. I uh, the I remember the first day that I had to wear spectacles, I um had my glasses case in my drawer and I kept on announcing I was too scared to put my glasses on so I kept on announcing oh this is my pencil case here's my pencil case I kept on pretending that my spectacle case oh really um, yeah because I was just so incredibly embarrassed try to uh, throw people off the scent I've always been specky and uh, specky and proud Nice. Well, listen, Joseph goes on to say, I went on three dates with this girl and paid for us to see two films. I watched, or should I say listened, to both films, and I still could not tell you what the fuck happened in Clive Owen's King Arthur or Garfield, although that seems it's probably not a bad thing. Um, Things got particularly bad when my mate was waving and calling me across the high street, and as I had no clue who it was, I ignored them while said girl kept asking why people kept shouting at me as if I didn't know them. (laughs) <laughs> Safe to say, love was not ignited, and after a third meeting on the seafront, I was binned off. What a shocker! Although Joe Joseph T adds a um, kind of unnecessary addendum, he says, uh, "Saw her a few years later in a nightclub and had another had another crack." So I won playing the long game. I showing off. Don't like it when people say having a crack. <laughs> no, what, what do you prefer? I just find it dis- really disrespectful. Yeah. I don't know. Have I had a crack at you over the years, Pete? No, but you, you've touched me up a few times. <laughs> Consensually? Made comment. not con- Consensually on your... You've consented to doing it, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is problematic, isn't it, in 20, 2020? It was a different time well, then, back it, in 2018. I'm, I'm, enjo- <laughs> I'm, in, I'm enjoying this, uh, this bit of self-isolation. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll find you. Can't, can't get me. Can't get me. I'll find you. <laughs> So I think, yeah, you're right. Having a crack is probably a problematic use of language that I should have edited out on behalf of uh, Joseph T, but I haven't used his full name, so he's not going to be outed as a uh, as a serial misogynist, I suppose. So that's, that's something. <laughs> yeah, try and keep that's your right. uh, language in your emails um, less problematic if you can. That's all uh, right. It's, it's, uh, that's very much the thin end of a big wedge when it comes to emails to the local people. Is that your big wedge uh, there? Email box. 
That's my big wedge there. <laughs> <You're not touching laughs> it. All right, I think that's probably, probably all, my, all we've got time for, isn't it, Peter? I reckon so. Let's get the frick out of here. Even though there's nothing else to do, but you've got to do other stuff as well. You've got to mix it up. Got to mix it up. All, all right. right, then. I'll, I'll, right. I'll see us out, shall see I? See you later. All right, see you later. Yeah, okay. thanks very much for uh, sticking with us. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, and like I said, on Monday, just just do do get in touch. Hello at lukeandpeach.com. Tell your friends about it. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. And um, we hope to hear from you soon. Keep it easy, Pete. Stay safe. Don't let the door hit you on the arse on the way out. Oh, cutting. <laughs> This was a Stakhanov production. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 